This week's Sonic Talk, Keith McMillan Instruments, Q-Neo, Google Music's Artist Hub and what it can do for you, plus Retronym's Tabletop 1.2. And finally, an irresistible excerpt from the Red Bull Music Academy Madrid 2011 with Trevor Horn. Sonic Talk is brought to you by Yamaha. Check out the W24 and C24 pocket track recorders. 24-bit 96K recording in your pocket. And by Mac Pro Video. Save 20% on all download tutorial videos by visiting sonicstate.com forward slash mpv. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 244. Uh, this is uh, the week after the week that was. Obviously, last week uh, we had everybody in the room, in the house, and we did a kind of... Uh, I felt like it was something to rival the BBC's roundtable uh, chat show question time, but done in a sort of... No budget format. So I just want to say thank you very much to everybody for coming, um, including uh, Rich Hilton, who can't be with us this week because he's, he's taken off for Thanksgiving because uh, the, the, the Americans have kind of two Christmases in the space of six weeks, which is great for them, I guess. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody, because I won't get a chance to say it again. And I want to say also thank you to uh, Tony, who's over there, also known as the Mac Doctor. He's switching this week. There you go. Hello, Tony. Tony has re- stepped in to uh, to have a go at switching, and uh, he's doing a fine job too. He didn't he didn't uh, fluster once when I was explaining it all to him in completely and increasingly less making sense fashion. But I want to say also thank you very much to everybody in the chat room, uh, SonicState.com forward slash live. Fader one, please, Tony, and the chat room. Fader one. There we go. That's SonicState.com forward slash live. Um, there we go. There is the chat room. We've got a very fulsome week this week, even though we only just started. So thank you very much, everybody. And so uh, we will go now to our remote participants who were also here in person last week, but now they're here in um, in Skype-dom. So uh, button number one, please, Tony. There we go. There we have Dave Spears and uh, Gaz Williams. We'll start with you, Dave. You're slouching. That's not going to do you any good for your back. Dave Spears, G- oh, G4 Software. <laughs> Probably just still on a massive high and a drinking binge after getting three instruments in the top 20 of the uh, computer music or music radar software instrument poll. You must have been aware of that. Congratulations, Dave. That was funny, actually. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, no, it was really funny. In fact, I've just had another one in from Amazona.de where where we were number four. So, hey, put the charts a chart. What was interesting about the uh, music radar one, though, was... We didn't know about it until about 48 hours ago, something like that. So we didn't actually... You didn't actually have a chance to fix the votes whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) And you still won. Otherwise, we would have done. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, we didn't win, but... No, it was good. And uh, uh, always a bit of fun, really. Nice to have that sort of thing on the roll-up to Christmas, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And on the subject of Thanksgiving, I got an email from a mate in America who's English who said... Two Christmases so close together, it's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> do they do, I, I don't know. Do Are gifts exchanged at Thanksgiving as well? I don't know. I've never been privy to 
like I'd actually quite like to be at a proper Thanksgiving dinner. Just you know, like have that experience once. The turkey and cranberry. Uh, maybe the chat room, as I call them, the uh, Turbo Massive Brain or Massive Turbo Brain. I forget which way around it is. They'll remember because uh, they've got a massive turbo brain. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Perhaps they can tell us whether or not uh, we uh, is thank- no gifts at Thanksgiving. Says Happy Thumb Team. Happy Fun Team. Thank you very much. So anyway, um, well, thanks for joining us this week, Dave. And uh, if we flip to the other shot, we can say. Hello to Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.uk. Yep, nearly. There we go. No, next one along. Next one along. Thank you very much. Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.uk. Uh, Gaz, of course, was here last week in the studio. It was a, a really great fun. Uh, apart from the moment when he handed me his very expensive Audio Technica mic and I immediately dropped it and then it didn't work, but it was actually my cabling. The mic is fine, I hope. Uh, the mic is great, and uh, testament to Audio Technica. Very good microphones. <laughs> Excellent, uh, and also uh, for the if you're waiting, you may have seen briefly. Uh, I posted the iPad Show Pilot version two, uh, which we recorded on Monday. It went very well, apart from for some reason I've got a pr- trouble with upload stream. And I, even though this I think is working, it's a very peculiar situation. I don't seem to be able to upload video, so I'm going to have to re-upload it. Uh, it looked all a bit blocky and stuff. But you, the iPad show is ready to go. I'm going to take it home with me and upload it from home. And uh, we looked at Thumb Jam, and uh, we did some really cool stuff with pitch to MIDI and wireless MIDI control where there were two of us controlling one iPad over a Wi-Fi network. It was awesome. If you're a fan of trumpets. (laughs) But yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. So thanks, guys, for coming over and doing that. Really appreciate it. Uh, Songsurgeon.co.uk, based in Bristol, music producer and uh, engineer, songwriter, songsurgeon, some might say. In fact, I think they do say. That's what it says below. So it must be true. So thank you very much, Gaz. Um, so let me see, where are we? Uh, our first, uh, yes, the first story is uh, this rather fabulous, right? If you go to the webpage, uh, there will be a short video introduction. So, if, uh... Hi, I'm Keith McMillan, and I'd like to show you my latest invention, Cuneo, a multi-touch hand controller. While it covers all the functionality of other DJ hand controllers, Cuneo adds the power of touch recognition in other dimensions. Each of the 27 pads, sliders, and rotary sensors are pressure, velocity, and location sensitive. Even the 17 switches respond to how hard you press. One expression? Here it is. A remarkable illumination scheme combines variably diffusive elastomers with hundreds of multicolor LEDs, providing visual feedback that is immediately responsive and delightfully informative. Wait for this. This is the interesting bit. Man and machine are coupled through light, feel, and sound. To bang our own drum, we have the best trigger pads ever conceived. 16 30-millimeter square pads provide 127 levels of velocity response and XY location and continuous pressure. You can have rim shots at the edges, flam speed in the middle, and loudness mapped to how hard you push for each pad. Time 16. Two rotary surfaces allow you to scrub, trigger, stretch, pinch, and play phrases and sound files. Each rotary measures angle, pressure, and distance from the center. I'm going to stop that there. If you switch back to me, please. Uh, uh, Now... This is, we must say, this is prototype at the moment, um, but uh, Keith McMillan is now creating a system 
which basically is iPad shaped, has all these kind of multi-touch backlit LED. I mean, look, uh, the soft step, we would we, we tried to get one in for a view. It didn't work out for whatever reason, but that looked really cool. That had the same thing, had three axis of control, so uh, X, Y, and pressure as well. And this just looks really awesome, does it not? Or, or are we just being um, being sort of, I don't know, being hoodwinked by something? Gaz, did you take a look at this? I did. I think it looks brilliant. I'm really interested in this. Um, I, I, I thought it was very clever of them to sort of make yeah, it exactly so it fits the same all size the as an, I, and, as yeah, an I, iPad. Idea. Absolutely. Br- yeah, really good idea. Um, I think it looks fantastic because it has got uh, lots and lots of user feedback, which uh, is really cool. And I guess, you know, I mean, you know, I'm bleating on often about the iPad, but the one thing you don't get really off an iPad is any sense of um, connection when you're playing on it, sort of in terms of, uh, you know, that, so this looks like it really gives, gives you a great responsiveness. Um, yes, I'm very keen in it on, on it, actually. I think it looks like a really, really cool thing. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, it's a Kickstarter project, isn't it? But it looks like it's already more than double what it needs. It is. Actually, Tony, if you switch the... to the webpage a sec, um, you can see there, it'll just clear. Yeah, there we go. They've that, 166 backers. They, they wanted to reach 15,000 gold. They've got 38,492, 47 days to go. So I'm guessing they're going to make it. The idea is, what's quite cool about this is, uh, if you pledge, here we go, if you pledge 10 bucks or more, you get a Neo sticker. And a personal thank you. 25 bucks or more, uh, a T-shirt. 200 bucks, you actually get one of the first edition Q- uh, interfaces, which I'm thinking, now that's got to be pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you need another 50 mm. bucks. Play 375, you get two of them. So there's some pretty cool um, business going on there, I'd say. And it just looks like such a cool thing. Not, not uh, going to be around till March 2012. <laughs> I'm get I, I think it's worth I mean I think um, and there's various people in the chat room saying you know I think CR78 said he ordered one can't wait I mean I'm tempted because it might mean we'll get one in for review quick I mean it's 200 bucks obviously is uh, it's good to actually get them to do it what have you got there then that's a Korg pad control um, and it's a very very good it's a really good drum controller uh, but this one looks like it would sort of trumpet, really, especially in um, trumpet. <laughs> uh, would uh, n- not turn it into a trumpet. Yes, I know but, what um, you're saying. <laughs> uh, you know, and yeah, as CR78 says there, the pad control is brilliant. It's really, really cool. But they're um, just velocity-sensitive pads. They don't take after-touch pressure or any of the other kind of interesting things that the uh, this new one seems to offer so uh, i'm yeah, very tempted and mm, and i mean i'm thinking pledging 200 dollars seems like a bit of a bargain really as well you know to get I would one say so, yeah. i mean I would, and it's a great idea as mm. well i like the and they've done a really good video which kind of shows that it's you know that they're like a you know small outfit they've just got and, and so there's the testimonials from uh uh, Tom Oberheim and various other people who obviously wrote in because he I didn't realize but he's been designing stuff for uh-huh. a long time he was involved in the first digital mixer from Akai all kinds of things that he's been working on so you know he's obviously a very smart guy Dave did I, I suspect that um, you might have thought would the, you could buy one of these instead of an iPad or will it have to be yeah. as well obviously it doesn't check your email it would have to be yeah. as well wouldn't it uh yeah I thought this looked really cool, actually. At first, I was like, uh, what is it? Because you couldn't really tell from the 
pictures, you know, on the Sonic State site. And then when I clicked through and saw the video, I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I like this company, actually. I like that uh, soft step thing. We've talked about um, various things that we could probably do with that here. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when I saw, you know, kind of what it was responsible for in the past, I don't know, it just looked like a kind of cool company. And I like the fact that it's $200. And I love the fact that he's got almost double the money that he has. That's what's for. really interesting. Mm. I mean, do you think perhaps this could be a bit of a, a, a mold-breaking model? I mean, because I know Kickstarter can work. I mean, obviously, this has got a wow factor because it's got all those axes and it looks pretty. I mean, I'm sure it must cost a lot more than that to produce, though. I mean, it just means that... It, I, I don't know quite how it works with, uh, with the whole Kickstarter thing, whether it's actually uh, got... Uh, you know, whether you pay the money up front, as it were, or whether it, they contact you when they need it. I don't know how. I've never done anything like that. But what? perhaps someone in the chat room will be able to tell us. I was going to say, um, regarding the, the, the Keith McMillan soft step, uh, Diego Stocco, I, I chatted to him about, he used, well, I chatted to him with uh, about it, and uh, he thinks it's wonderful. He uses a soft step for lots of his um, interesting projects. Yeah. And... Um, and he was quite enthusiastic about it when I when I communicated to him about it. Um, I, I, you know, and I was a little bit skeptical about just how responsive and how kind of controllable they were. And he was he was saying no, big big thumbs up. So I'm assuming that this is going to have the same heritage as that. So uh, yeah, so interesting. Oh, definitely, piece of kit. I definitely, yeah, definitely. And I'm guessing uh, it's going to be one of the first things that I'm going to head for at Nam. I mean, you know, got to book the tickets this week, really. So I'm I'm going to be heading over to uh, to see that pretty much straight away to try and get the uh, get the scoop on it because it, it's something I really want to try. I mean, the only thing that I looked a little bit I don't I think there are less LEDs under it than is implied by the video um just purely because you know you can see them in the corners but the thing about the pads that look really cool is that you know that each zone you can actually have five well multiple sounds on each pad which is kind of bonkers that he was playing uh, four in the one in each corner wasn't he on the in the video there. Hmm. But yeah, I wonder what sort of data it can send. I mean, whether it'll do, for instance, polyphonic aftertouch. I mean, presumably it can. I don't, I've not tried the editor uh, with the soft step, so I'm presuming it's got all sorts of uh, fancy ways. Yeah, there is all sorts of... I know John here was looking at it for quite a while, and we discussed sort of various ideas. But just kind of, it's one of those things, you know, you never actually got around to getting one and trying it out. But I mean, again, you know, great price. I think, uh, yeah, we should look at it a bit further when we got yeah, a bit of time. when there's time. Time, eh? Well, wouldn't that be nice? So, anyway, <laughs> uh, that's uh, that was the first one. That's uh, Keith McMillan Instruments. Uh, in fact, I think it's Keith. Uh, you can find it on Kickstarter. I'll put the link in the show notes because uh, it, uh, it goes directly to it. So, I mean, obviously, if you can fund it, help them fund it and also get, get a bargain, and hopefully the first ones they make will be okay. I mean, imagine... With something like that, it's going to all going to be down to the software. So you're going to be fairly safe in buying an early early build of it. Um, it's just you know you probably want to wait till the up dry up the drivers update. Uh, oh, Ed Ed says in the chat room, soft staff works great if you are standing, but hard to control if you're sitting. Uh, oh, Gaz, you've gone all um, affected. You sounded like you were coming from the back of the stairs. <laughs> Yeah, I really sorry. <laughs> you, you just can't stop touching it. You're going through presumably your um, yes, your TC again. It is through uh, Elvis. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> nice work. Uh, anyway, just uh, quickly to summarise, uh, what do we got? We've got two rotary sensors, six, 16 square pads, nine touch-sensitive sliders, and switches. Uh, I'm not sure how many of those are. 251 multicolour LEDs providing visual feedback, etc., uh, etc. Et so, yeah, look, looking pretty good there. So let's see, what's our next topic? Uh, ah, yes. Now, this is quite a biggie, I think. So, uh, Maestro, button number one, please. It's really exciting to think about Google and music together because, first of all, I use Google every day. It's my phone is Android. Anytime anyone tells me to listen to new music, I Google it. These days, as an independent musician, means I bartend five days a week. Let's fast forward that a bit and get some meat and potatoes. I definitely think that I could sell more music with um, a better platform. Google is bringing the music directly to fans now. This platform definitely seems like I'm able to have control. Let's go to button number uh, number two. Yes, there we are. Um, so that's the announcement of Google Music. I mean, it's been in beta for ages, but what's actually quite interesting about this is the Artist Hub, which effectively lets you set up your own label, you know, your own point of sale for your music. I mean, yes, you get the same split. I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's comparable to iTunes, 70-30, so you get 70% of it, and you uh, you have to pay 25 bucks to set up a page, but you can upload something. I was just thinking, you know, that could be really cool, because, you know, every time I do a demo for uh, for a piece of kit, people go, oh, where can I get that track? I think, well, actually, I might, might finish it and then see if I can sell it on Google Music to help fund the, uh, fund the reviews. But, you know, I mean, just as an off-the-top-of-my-head idea, but, I mean, it's is this is this going to be a game changer? It seems to me like they're really... I mean, because it does a load of other stuff besides, you know, it's the usual cloud access to your music. You can upload up to 20,000 tracks, access it various places and what have you. And there's a great article on uh, Slash Gear, uh, button, web button, please, Tony, uh, which basically tells us, uh, you know, how to set it up. It looks very, very, very simple. Obviously, there's the usual disclaimers. You, if, you, if you upload anything that is in any way... Um, uh, copyrighted, then you'll get sat on like a ton of bricks. But I don't know. This seems like it could be could be good, right? I mean, uh, there's a lot of things mm. that it can do. What do you think, Gaz? I mean, you're kind of in the indie, mm. indie music world, perhaps a bit more than the rest of us. I mean, do you think this has a has a place? Well, I I mean, Bandcamp. That's all I've got to say. I mean, Bandcamp has been doing this for a number of years now, um, and provides you with pretty much this service all for free this so there's no 25 dollar upfront costs um i mean i guess uh i think there's probably a little bit more added functionality with the with the uh the google cloud but um bandcamp i've been championing for a long time and i think it's a very you know i think what google are doing here is pretty much trying to take the bandcamp model yeah but bandcamp got a you know you can on Bandcamp, you lo- upload your music for free, however many albums you want. You upload it in CD quality. Uh, Bandcamp does all the sort of transcoding for you, so the end user can choose to have it in sort of WAV, FLAC, MP3, any format that you want. Um, can't really see particularly much of an advantage of this Google one. So, I mean, I, I think that this model generally is good and exciting. Um, I think... Uh, you know, uh, 
I mean, I would personally just try and sort of steer people to Bandcamp. Well, where do where do um, where do Bandcamp make their money then? They take a they take a percentage of the uh, of the sales. Uh, again, you you um, you choose your pricing, um, uh, which is which is quite good. You know, you can choose to sell your album for one price. You can sell individual tracks for whatever price you like. Uh, I've put up a, a Rocket Goldstar album on there where one track, which is called Polar Cap, which is 15 seconds of silence uh, with a little tiny bell halfway through. <laughs> I've, char- I've charged 60 quid for that. Have you track. sold me yet? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sold any of that yet, but um, buy the album for five. Buy the album for five quid or buy that track. <laughs> it's collectible. Quid. That particular collection of <laughs> ones and zeros is totally... Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but, 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 I mean, really, that just uh, shows that with Bandcamp, you know, you've got this um, facility, you know, where you can choose your own... Um, choose your own kind of pricing. I'm just trying to remember. Someone maybe can check. I can't remember what the Bandcamp how much they take. I thought it was less than, I thought it was like 10%, you know, I thought it was less than 30%. I right. uh, might be wrong about that. But um, the thing with Bandcamp uh, is it's so easy to set up. And what what's brilliant is you get uh, statistics which show what people have been to the site, listen to your music. Um, it tells you what tracks have been listened to in full, what tracks have been listened partially, and what tracks have been skipped. So you get a real idea of which tracks people oh, really? tend that, to leave that, on all the way very, through. I mean, I imagine Google will be able to provide those kind of stats. I mean, I think the thing about the Google mm. thing is it's tied to, there's a social aspect to it as well, because obviously tying it in with uh, Google's uh, Plus mm. and Circles or whatever, so you can share yeah. tracks. Everybody yeah. can, everybody you share a track with can listen yeah. to it, you know, which well, may or may not but add to the... Still, same sort of thing with Bandcamp, though. You know, it's all, you know, it's got full Facebook and Twitter kind of... Uh, Connectivity. I mean, I can just see it. I mean, I'm being a little bit skeptical because I can just see it as like kind of uh, Google trying to jump on other people's bandwagons. Um, the one little thing I did want to say, though, about the st- statistics on uh, Bandcamp, though, once you've got a bunch of statistics, there's one mode where you view this. Well, you can view the statistics and you can see them in various ways. You can see sort of, you know, the activity over the last week, over the last month, over right. the last year. But the best bit about it is there's a special mode in the statistics where you can play a game of Defender, <laughs> the old arcade game, on that's your statistics. Oh, well, there you go. That's a, that's a no-brainer, is it? Uh, Ed in the chat room yeah. says that Bandcamp <laughs> takes 15%. So that is a much more attractive proposition, I guess. I wonder, do Bandcamp, yes. are Bandcamp a viable business? Um, I mean, are they making money? I don't know anything about them, really. So I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm a bit in the dark. Not having released any music for at least 25 years, it's a bit... Um, well, on, the, on their front page, they've got like heartening factoids, as they call them. And they say, to, to date, artists have made 11284000 using Bandcamp and nine hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars eight hundred and forty two have been made in the past thirty days yeah, John alone. John Van Eaton has just posted that in the chat room at exactly the same time. Uh, is that where you got it from? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> yeah, that is impressing actually. That is impressive. Um I don't mm. know. I, well maybe then maybe maybe I should uh, explore that and whether it's easy enough to set up it might be a good idea. I'm imagining I'm imagining oh, that Google will provide all sorts of fancy widgets that uh, I'm sure Bandcamp have as well, but I, I would think that the might of Google once they get going might just sort of squish it a bit. I don't know. Dave, I mean, you're, you, you know, you've been working on albums of your own stuff for a while and, you know, would you, would you consider releasing them in, in, in this way or are you kind of, 
Is it more for your own pleasure? I mean, do you think this gives people what they need to actually make a living out of it? It's funny, actually. I hadn't, um, I did, I hadn't really thought about Bandcamp until Gaz said about it, but I'll, I'll certainly have a look at that now. When I initially looked at this, I was like, well, this could be interesting for me, but I'm not Google's biggest fan, I have to say, for a multitude of reasons. In fact, there was that little snippet at the beginning where the guy says, being a professional musician, I'm a bartender for five nights a week. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. And, then I, and I don't know, I just find the whole thing a little bit kind of weird at the minute. I saw a post from, I think it was John Hopkins, who said, Spotify had had X million plays, and I think his royalty was something stupid well, like. Oh yeah, no, well that's a different story, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, and it, it coincided with this kind of, you know, with you sending through this topic, and I was thinking, oh, you know, it would be nice to see musos make some money. And then when I saw that video, it was like the guy saying, "I'm a bartender five nights a week." I was like, oh no, here how we does, go yeah, again. That, Similar that kind of vibe. Make, How does that make you a professional musician? I, I suppose if you earn some of your income from music, then. But that you see yeah, all those surveys, don't they? You say, "Are you a professional musician?" If so, is your sole revenue, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, interesting, interesting. Something I'll definitely look at. It's kind of weird, actually, because even it's very weird, actually, because I do a lot of our demos, and we occasionally get these emails. In fact, quite regularly, get these emails going. What's that music? Where can I get it? I end up just kind of giving it to various people, and like you, I've kind of thought, hmm. Well, I mean, there's no harm in putting it, kind of put it out there because you know it's like one of those things. <laughs> if it's out there, somebody might pick it up, and then suddenly it's got a life of its own. I suppose. I mean, I yeah. think the thing is about this yeah. is it's all tied in with something else because Google have obviously launched their Music Hub thing. You know, trying to rival. I mean, and I don't think it's a bad thing that somebody as big as Google is starting to give iTunes a bit of a run for their money, you know, because I think, you know, they for so long they've completely dominated the market. And it, it, initially it was an enabling thing, but now it sort of feels like, well, they've got enough money. You know, somebody else could do something that's perhaps, you know, just to, just to open yeah, up a little bit. it feels like a bit of an iTunes versus Google vibe, yeah. doesn't it? But isn't that what we're supposed to all be, you know, competition? Hey, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know, you know, I've got my own personal, I just think Google have too much info on you and everybody's kind of running blindly into this company, owning every single bit of info on you. I don't know, strange. But yes, so I'd probably go for Bandcamp, having listened yeah. to Yeah, well, I, I would like to check that out. I might do that because there's one track in particular that I'd be meaning to finish. I'm going to finish it. Then I can put a little annotation. Well, the other thing, I presumably, if I put it on uh, on Google Music, then I can put links in all the YouTube videos that feature that little bit of music <laughs> and so people can buy it. And then I could make yeah, like yeah. 20 cents or something. Yeah, let's add up our yearly... It'll uh, be an interesting experience. Maybe I'll do a little project and that could be a sort of side thing that can figure out so we could just see whether or not it works and I could do a, a report, investigative journalism type style. Yeah, which that's yeah, a good idea. Well, see how that would work. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but that obviously means that you have to have... I mean, the thing is with those sort of things, it's always down to, you know, it's like, yeah, but if the music's crap, then what you're saying has absolutely no relevance whatsoever because nobody wants to buy it. Mm. You know, that's part of the problem, isn't it, with one of those things? I, I, I think one of the caveats of using Bandcamp, just so I didn't mention, though, is that you have to be prepared to have your music streamable in full. I think there's no option around that. So that might put some people off. And what kind of quality? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it, what quality it is. I mean, it sounds pretty That's, good, I mean, but it's obviously it, 
it's compressed. I'm wondering about now. Sure. I mean, the thing I wonder about things like Bandcamp is obviously if you've got the situation where you where your site the new the new end end user agreement whether or not you're going to end up with a situation whereby they put little caveats in. It's like the same way as, you know, when you sign a record deal for the first time, it was fairly straightforward. As technology advanced, it was like, hold on a minute, the universe in perpetuity, yeah, when did that. that come in? On any, any sort of technology that yet, as yet un, uninvented, wait a minute, my children, <laughs> hold on. And I'm wondering whether somebody like Bandcamp are going to be, you know, uh, dealing with that sort of side of things Ooh. and also maybe putting a caveat so that they might be able to license to Spotify or do you see what I mean? So I would just be a bit cautious about any, I'm not saying that they have, I'm just saying I would like to perhaps have a look. Well, I, I, I honestly wouldn't like to have a look. Mm. It'd be tedious reading a, a legal agreement, but I wonder what sort of terms and, and rights that you are letting them have, uh, you know, certainly now or perhaps shortly in the future. I wonder, It'd be interesting. So anyway, that was uh, Google Music, and um, I'm suppose we could probably go to our advertiser because it's uh, it's always nice to hear from them when they are so generous. A, a Yamaha showed up this week, actually. Maestro, if you would care to press add button one, want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors. Of course, Yamaha are a continual uh, sponsors of the show. Uh, they want to tell you about the pocket track recorders, 24-bit 96 recorders. There's two of them, the C24 and W24. C24 is probably the smallest one uh, that you can get. 57 grams, absolutely tiny, 4.5 second startup time. So you, you carry it in your pocket, you're going to grab something pretty much straight away. One of the fastest uh, startup times. Also, um, comes with Cubase AI. Uh, you can record oh, a, a, gigs and gigs of sound in there. XY microphones. There's also the W24, which has uh, a Wi-Fi, an infrared remote control, which means that if you're perhaps recording a gig or somewhere when you put, want to put it up on a mic stand out of the way, you can control it without having to climb on a chair and uh, spill your drink on the t- heads of your gig people or control it from the stage. So uh, some very useful features. Um, 24-bit 96K PCM, 38-hour PCM recording. Uh, you just put um, uh, mini cards in it. Comes with Cubase AI. Uh, lots of things going for them, both of these recorders, and, and very uh, reasonably priced as well. So what Yamaha want you to do is head over to yamahadownload.com, Yamaha, uh, yamahasynth.com, and see if you can find a, a, the, the location of your nearest Pulse store, which is kind of a larger Pulse store, uh, Yamaha store within a store, and they like to have them in stock. Take maybe a, a memory stick along with you, copy some sounds once you've recorded, take them home, have a listen, and then when you buy it, tell them that we sent you. Same in the US. Um, any of the major dealers should stock these. Go and check them out. The Pocket Track Recorders, C24 and W24. Uh, great value recorders. Thank you very much to Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. So, um, well switched there, actually. Very well done there, Tony. Nice work. So, um, what's up next? Let's have a look. I've done Google Music. Uh, oh, yes, this tabletop version 1.2. I think this is video 2, if you don't mind. Very sexily shot video, I must say. It almost looks like it's, it's, it's a three-dimensional surface there. Uh, and we have covered this before. This is the re- Retronym Surface. Actually, really quite cool. It's just had an update. Version 1.2. Uh, syncable devices. Uh, later on in the video, it shows two of them synced together, like one with a deck on each and uh, the clock going from one. It's uh, really come some very innovative stuff going on there. Um, and the other thing that they've been doing is obviously, I think it's uh, currently 9 dollars uh, 
it's usually fourteen ninety nine. But obviously, uh, they're kings of the in-app purchase, which I think is uh, our website. You know, there were some people who were saying they feel a little bit kind of like it's a, a bit of a land grab. In fact, if we go to the web page, if you go to the web page shop, these are all the devices, up to 22 devices. Uh, gridlock sample RS, these are all included in the initial purchase. But then you start to get all these little ones like delay effects, and they're kind of $2.99, $2.99, $3.99. And you can start to sort of put in little mixers. So you could spend quite a lot of cash on top of your initial purchase. And, you know, I, personally, that's probably quite a uh, quite a good a good way to do things. Although, you know, it's, it, it seems to be kind of causing a bit of trouble with a few people. I don't know. What do you think? Gaz, I mean, me and you do an iPad show. So uh, I have to come to you first. I can't really see that. That's a bit of a white blob. You got it on your iPad there? Sorry, yeah. That was on... Uh, <laughs> I was trying to display it on my iPad there, but it's uh, glowing too much. Um, yeah, nice uh, nice piece of software. I think it is... Um, I think it was like thirteen ninety nine or something. Yeah, I think it's 69p. That's how much oh, I really? paid for it anyway. Even so I think more? That, oh, okay. Yeah, so I, mm, so I think they're trying to just like lure people into their platform, and then you know, uh, so it's a little bit like reasoning in a way, isn't it? Because you can kind of you you know they're calling it tabletop. You drag your kind of component onto the table. Uh, you can drag little mixes and effects, and then you can then choose how it's all wired up. Um, a la reason, really, with kind of virtual cables. Um, As your head wants to ask in the chat, uh, how how responsive is that thing anyway? He says uh, uh, for stuff like vir- virtual drum pads. Um. Feels pretty good. I mean, it's quite simplistic. I have to say. I mean, it would be nicer if there was a little bit more. Each, oh, if there was a bit more kind of uh, complexity to it. Um, however, it's nice and fast to use. And when you start using um, a few of the uh, uh, a few of the, the the different sequence of kind of tools, um, it's actually quite. A, it's quite a pleasant. It's quite a pleasant working environment. Right. Um, uh, is there any good for the actual the what about the composition aspect of it? Is there kind of enough? Yeah, I mean, I think it's geared around electronic dance music, hip hop, that kind right, of axis. Okay. So, um, you know, so uh, there's like a kind of sequencer. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to look and find out what its name is in a minute. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, definitely geared good. around dance. So it's sort of pattern based, and yeah. D- Pattern-based, absolutely. And so, if you like working that way, I think you'd probably really, um, really enjoy working with this. But it's a bit funny in a way, though, that some of the things you would expect to be built into it are optional extras. Uh, for instance, you can you can drag onto the tabletop um, spin back, which is uh, like a turntable right. player, which is included in it. But the crossfader is an extra one ninety nine. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Spin back. Mm. Here it is on the web page. Actually, we just go to that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so it's a, you know, it, it seems it's it's interesting, and you know, in in that that you customize it and you can buy more things to sort of add more uh, power and whatnot to it. But um, yeah, I mean, well, I'm in. Is it? It's got it's very stylish, I right. would say that, you know, and and it it's got a really crisp look about it. And I think the graphics and Do you think the, that's how, that's the appeal the, of a lot of these things though? I mean we're in some ways we're buying yeah. into the the style aspect, you know. So, you know, in some respects, you know, what's actually happening is you're getting these brilliant um 
object designers that make them look nice. I mean, I, I, I haven't used this, so I don't know. I can't speak for how quality they are, but they imply a lot more quality just because they look so nice and they've got the lighting effects really good and the 3D shadows and all of that sort of business. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think it makes it, it, it definitely adds to the appeal quite a lot. The, um, I think one of the nicest parts of tabletop um, is the, the, the thing called the tone matrix or the morks. Uh, Morks or Let's something tone matrix, uh, which is a little bit like a tenorion oh, yeah, type of here, uh, type of a type of affair. Um, yeah, we've got that. That's yeah. Well, that's included in the release promotion. It is, but it is. aren't we aren't uh, we getting so, dangerously close to uh, plinky plonky devices as we've talked yeah. <laughs> the genre, <laughs> the plinky yeah, plonky genre. You have got a note. You have got a note length control, so you can reduce a bit of the uh-huh, plink. You can have a plonk. So, um, or a plane. A plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think yeah. So for the for the old plink, plinky plonk uh, brigade, they're going to get a lot of mileage out of this one. I know Dave, Dave Spears. Doesn't this kind of make you think? You know what? What we need to do is make apps and then just sell lots. Of, you know, as uh, somebody said in the chat room, how much is a virtual LED? You know, what a great idea! Just a, a better interface will cost you more money. I'll release the basic thing, and it'll cost nine ninety nine. And then to improve matters, you can have shadows for uh, 25 pence you can have red leds for another 99 cents blue ones which are very stylish for perhaps another 129 i don't know what do you think we on to something no oh. no not for me uh no interesting i mean like gaz said it that my first when i when i first saw this i thought oh that looks kind of nice and stylish and the vid was great actually kind of almost almost i kind of want to buy an ipad I've yet to find that kind of killer app, and I keep downloading all sorts of nonsense for the iPhone, and I'm just sort of, I'm almost desperate to find that killer app that makes that tips me over the edge. The Animo thing came reasonably Thumb close. Jam. Then Thumb this, jam. and then when I saw this kind of synth, I don't know that just that um, font reminded me of kind of '80s Yamaha <laughs> keyboard. Oh, it's the controller or the? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that. That, that RS4000. Well, it thing. wasn't. It was didn't just actually Yamaha have something Ooh. called the RS4000 or 3000 or something? It was like a workstation, it. wasn't it? Don't you remember? It was like an MPC drum workstation. RS4000, I thought. MPC drum station. Oh, I remember the RX5 and stuff oh, like that. God, that's showing me age. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because most of the apps that I use on the phone just aren't music based they're all photography based or um angry birds <laughs> well it's nice to know that you're reflecting the uh, majority yeah. well i i I'm, <laughs> I'm, i must admit i am i'm very uh, impressed with your fortitude at not getting an ipad yet i mean i i've been tempted to get an ipad too even though i don't really need one but i, I i'm the same you know well, I, I haven't embraced it in quite the same way um that gaz has and found i haven't found it as useful as gaz has and that's why i'm kind of Here's something I have to say, and I know it's not music tech related, but my missus has her does her website via iWeb, right? And it and we know how simple iWeb is, and yet it still took me about a year to get her up to the standard where she could put a photograph on there without my assistance. Yeah. And we all know that I iWeb is disappearing. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, there must be like an iPad. Maybe if I got her an iPad so that her and the nipper are not always fighting over using the computer. If I got her an iPad and she could do her web design apps 
Uh, she could do her web design and updates and stuff on an app. Her website's like five pages. Can I find anything? If anyone knows of anything out there, it just it strikes me as completely absurd. We've got millions and gazillions of music things, but nothing as simple as that. There's a hole in the market. It's got to be an HTML5 uh, front end to a CMS, account management. Because I was talking to um, Louise this week uh, when, when, when you both came down. And uh, I was thinking, you know, there's got to be a way of importing this stuff into... Uh, are they actually discontinuing iWeb or are they discontinuing the application? Yeah, they're closing yeah, yeah. the resource. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so there great. must there oh, must be oh. a way of uh, migrating an iWeb uh, account to um, to like WordPress or something. It's bound to be bound to yeah. be a way of doing yeah. that. I was like, so why isn't there an iPad app? Probably. Anyway, I've, I've Tony is a, a Mac well, specialist, and he's kind of going, yeah, maybe, but uh, yeah, you're right. He does, we don't know anyone else either. Um, Stop making synthesizers and make a yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I. I I just think it's it's an interesting model and something you know. I mean, I, I, we're still very keen to do an iPad app ourselves. You know, something that can be digital content, not just a sort of RSS reader, but something that's actually just you know like a synth or something. And I'm really keen to to explore that. But obviously, it just requires an enormous amount of uh, distraction from the day to day running of the site and all the other things that go involved with it. But anyway, that's the retronyms dot uh, com uh, link in the chat room. I can paste it in again there just so it runs past. Um and ah well of course how can I ever resist a Trevor Horn video, video three please. I think you have to have a good sense of of what might be a hit because a hit basically means that a lot of people liked it. In order for a lot of people to like something, it has to have something special about it. And sometimes it's can be really hard having an idea when things might be successful and when they won't because sometimes. You, you you know, you have to tell people, I don't think you've got a hit single here. And that can be very a very hard thing. People won't accept it, you know, but but what can you do? And it, it still happens, you know. You make a record and there's no hit single. You can't you can't really manufacture that, you know, either. You know, it's gotta come from some kind of an inspiration. Some somebody has to be inspired. There has to be something, they have to be saying something. The older I get, I get the more concerned I am, really, with when I listen to the songs, with what people are actually saying. What are you saying? What are you saying to people? It's a, it's a communication medium. What's your message? The message might be, here, look at me, I'm beautiful and I'm wearing nice clothes. That's fine, you know? There's nothing wrong with that. That's what you're saying, you know? But if you're not saying anything, then there's, it's not going to appeal to anybody and nobody will be interested. Single songs haven't changed that much. I mean, people tear them apart and reconstruct them and do funny things. And lots of you know, lots of records these days are just made up from a couple of good ideas that are sort of repeated in a good way. You know, with lots. Right, of I think sounds. we'll cut that. Ne- um, it's well it. worth watching that. Actually, there's some great stuff from Trevor on uh, just a, a bit, a slightly bit, a bit at the end. Is like, well, people come to me with like one good idea. There's no middle eight. There's no intro. There's no kind of pre-chorus and i have to sort it all out and i'm not the songwriter i don't get paid for that i just thought good on you even a man of his kind of means and uh, and, and and requirements is suffering the same sort of issues that everybody else um that was from uh the where was it from it was from madrid 2011 uh, if you go to the web shot there uh this was the uh 
Red Bull Music Academy event in Madrid. Uh, it's basically running till uh, till tomorrow, I think. Actually, what's the date? Yeah, till tomorrow. To, uh, and it just look, that was just an interview there with a massive pair of Genelec speakers in the background. And um, oh, I'm, I'm being. Uh, let me see. I'll get this link for for John Van Eaton in the chat room. He's very key. I think Rich Hilton was there recently. In Madrid. Yeah. At the Red Bull oh, possibly. Yeah, quite doing a sheet gig. It's quite possible. Yes, they did play Madrid. That was the first gig, wasn't it? I think I think Niall did a Q and A thing there as oh, well. Right. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I watched that yesterday. The Niall one. Uh, Any good? Yeah, he's a great talker, isn't he? He's a, and he gets yeah. he's a very animated. Uh, gets he gets up and sort of has to sort of gesticulate kind of quite wildly which i always approve well, of. that's the one i that's the one As, i missed i was just blinded by the trevorness i suppose even though i think niles is is an equally genius uh, producer and musician obviously um i mean the thing that i was quite <laughs> interested about this is you know it's basically down about down to the song you know and it, it, it's kind of what so what i was just wondering what criteria you had because Gaz, your art, your songsurgeon.co.uk, you're asked really quite often to either kind of fix ones that don't work quite well or take ones that are good songs but don't really have any production. I mean, what is it that makes you kind of go, Oh, I can't wait for this one? I mean, what's your criteria? Uh, ooh, um, I think, I mean, songs for me, I love songs which have a real sense of arrangement. You know, um, you know, really good arrangements. I think um, that uh, you know, when you look at classic '80s pop, you know, the arrangements are fantastic. Um, so I think um, picking up on the point that um, that Trevor's say, saying about where where you know songs that just like a verse and a chorus. Um, yeah, you know, there's been loads of stuff on there in the last 20 years, stuff which has just kind of got hasn't got great arrangements to them and uh and i think great arrangements to the things that kind of give songs you know lasting you know that real lasting kind of quality so when i'm working on things i'm always trying to sort of make sure that there's really strong definition between sections or even creating sections by you know artificially putting dropouts and whatever it takes to 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 give a sense of shape, you know, some sort of narrative to the song. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, yeah, so for me, uh, I really like that. Do you like respond to kind of fact, somebody who's already made a half decent effort at making a good arrangement? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, especially when it comes to production and overdubbing, when you've got that arrangement, then, you know, you know, it gives you a much clearer idea of how to clothe, how to clothe right. the song, so to speak, you know. Um, on the radio earlier today was an old song by an Australian band called Sherbet called um, How's That? Um, which is a song I haven't heard in years and years and years. Uh, but what I, was, I was, what I enjoyed about it was the sense of, you know, there's loads of, there's just, there's just such a lot of arrangement stuff going on in it. And uh, I think, oh, I love that. I love that. I love a song that's got, you know, real lots of parts. But, you know, but still sticks together and, um, you know, has a sense of, uh, yeah, narrative, I think, really. I think that's what it, that's what it come down to for me. Yeah, well, that, no, yeah. that's interesting because I mean, half the job's done then, I suppose. What about you, Dave? I mean, I'm guessing, you know, you've done quite a lot of session work or even, you know, learning learning songs live. I mean, with a band who perhaps, you know, this is one of their early albums and you know, they haven't developed their songwriting talent so much. You know, where what's the what, what are the things that kind of pull you in? Uh, 
it's not yeah i don't know uh, not songs necessarily uh arrangements with no guitar solos always appeal to me <laughs> just synthesizer <laughs> solos right no drum solos <laughs> yeah if you must but i mean come on uh i don't know I, I honestly don't know i thought i've been thinking about this since you sent the since i actually looked at the topic this morning and went i don't know what appeals to me about a song the voice i think and lyrical content more than anything else it could be you know really simple arrangement for me and if the voice grabs me that's it which is kind of weird actually because i think chris said that he doesn't actually listen to any of the vocals or, or the vocal you know what, what right. the words are effectively he's always listening to melodies and stuff like that and musical content interesting because I, I, I always find you know i mean i don't get it so often these days but there was a time when i used to get sent demos for various reasons you know for or, or tracks to kind of can you remix or whatever and i'm terrible because the first time i hear something i usually hate it whatever it is unless it grabs me in the first place if it's sort of yeah listen to this like oh no and then but then it grows and then uh, you know then it might be something that grabs me like say you know there's a bass sound or a riff that just really kind of speaks to me and then as I hear it more often, I'm going to, I start to develop, you know, I get into the lyrics and I get into that whole side of it as well. But it's, I love stuff that grows. Yeah. I mean, that really is, I find that less and less now. Well, yeah, there's no room. Kind of everything has to be kind of immediate. There's not so much room yeah. for It's it. very rare. I'm trying to think the last album I bought, there was an album not that long ago. And I thought, Oh, this has really kind of grown on me. I can't remember. <laughs> Fungus. Who it is. <laughs> Mold. Sorry. I think it might be that everything, everything band, you know? Yeah, brilliant. And when I started to kind of, you know, at first it was like, blimey, this is kind of pretty unique and pretty original, bit proggy, bit kind of punky. And then I just kind of got more and more into it. And I love the guy's lyrics Mm. and style and stuff like Mm. that. So, yeah, maybe it's that album. Uh, Interesting. Subjan Stevens, uh, do you know him? I don't, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I just don't know anything. (laughs) at all I mean Seth John Stevens fantastic you know and he he's written some unbelievably brilliant songs yeah Illinois is CR78 in in fact there's a song on Illinois called John Wayne Gacy and it's a song about the serial killer and it's if you read up the about that particular horrible serial killer i mean is there any other type of serial killer than horrible but um and then see how he's interpreted the story in lyrics and in the arrangement of the song uh it's absolutely incredible it's wonderful i'm not quite sure if i'm going off topic here but um the uh, uh <laughs> but um yeah uh, but in terms of like kind of current current artists and you know he's somebody i think just Oh, he's just wonderful. And seems if, to if make you it... like that, guys, check out this band Sleeping at Last. Yeah. It's weird because we get a lot of uh, people send us through stuff, uh, music of them using our stuff, and uh, some of it's fantastic, some of it's not fantastic at all. And this guy, this guy, kind of sent me through a demo, and I just fell in love with it. Absolutely fell in love with it. Really simple, but very on that kind of Swift Jan Stevens vibe. He was going to do an album per per year, wasn't he? On each state. state yeah he got two states here yeah, and i that's think a lot uh, of work. has abandoned that's, it that's now gonna take you a while. Mm. The, and it was interesting because this sleeping at last guy did a did an ep every month for a year oh, and i kept waiting for the quality to kind of drop and it just didn't mm. anyway mm. yeah off topic 
Yeah. Uh, Suf Jan Stevens' last album, uh, which is called The Age of Ads, is like, is a little bit like uh, uh, Suf Jan goes electronica and he kind of has got lots of samples and all sorts of noises going on in it. And at first, I just, I found that to be a little bit, uh, a bit overwhelming to the songs, you know, and uh, a little bit contrived. But now I love it. And it's strange because now I hear it totally different to when I first hear, heard it. It's strange, that, isn't it? When music, when you first hear it, it's a bit incomprehensible. And then afterwards, you, you, you completely get it later on and you can't work yeah, out yeah. why it, why it was incomprehensible to you at first, you know. I love that. It's kind of mm. challenging. The only, uh, the only subject it? I know of Illinois is a Frank Zappa song, which is, I think, the Illinois, the <laughs> Illinois en- enema, enema bandit, which uh, is, I've heard he's <laughs> on the loose. I'm not sure if that's a true story, but I don't wish to explore the subject matter at this precise it is moment. True. It is a true. <laughs> Do you want to hear true a true Trevor story? Okay, go, Dave. So Trevor Horn was in a band with a mate of mine uh, years and years ago, like before he was. I think they were session guys. In fact, uh, this mate of mine, and I believe Trevor probably played on Tina Charles' "I Love to Love." So that's how long ago this was. So they also had another band, and I think it was called The Tapes, and they got signed to an Italian label, and they all went, right, come on then, let's go, uh, let's all go out to Italy and be pop stars. And Trev said, nah, do you know what, I don't think I'm going to do it. I think, um, and they said, well, what are you going to do? You know, come on, you're knocking on a bit, unless this is kind of our last chance. And by all accounts, he went, nah, I'm thinking of getting into production. And they said, what, at your age? And they off they went to Italy to become pop stars. And when they came back, he said he bumped into him in uh, Waitrose and he went, oh, I'd quite like you to listen to this track that I've just done, which was a very early demo of Video Killed the Radio Star. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, Dave. Um, I'm just trying to think what we got. Now. Have we got any more topics? I can't. Even, I can't even recall. Oh, Vincent Martin Gore, Electronic Supergroup. Ah, oh, yes, that has to be just a. There's a video. Uh, actually, what's that? It's going to be video four. Why not? Let's have it. This was a uh, little uh, video that was put together by. Um, I put it in here. Tracy Beard, Trancy Beard, Trans Siberian. It's an homage to Vince. I think actually the track is Vince, but I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, that's enough of that. Actually, before we go there, I should probably just quickly say um, a thank you to Mac Pro Video, because they're also a sponsor of the show. So if you just hit the web and the last fader... That's it. Excellent. Mac Pro Video, uh, we want to say thank you for joining uh, for, for joining us in a sponsorship kind of way. Uh, as we know, they do lots and lots and lots of uh, audio and other applications, uh, video training, um, video training, training videos, if you see what I mean. Uh, and we can now uh, give you 20% discount. Just head over to sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Uh, last fader there, please, Tony. That's it. SonicState.com forward slash MPV. That'll bounce you over to their website where you can save 20% on any single uh, download for tutorials. In fact, as uh, Rich Hilton said last week, there's a really good um, Pro Tools 10. Uh, they're, they're right in there with Pro Tools 10. So if you're thinking of making the jump, that might be a good thing to check out just to see if it does all you'd hoped it would. Uh, and if not, there's all sorts of other things. You've got uh, Cubase, you've got older Pro Tools, Logic, Reason... Uh, record the whole gamut. So once again, 20% savings, sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Just head over there. Thank you very much. 
So, uh, yeah, that was the news that there's um, Vince Clark and Martin Gore electronic supergroup called VCMG. I'm not entirely sure electronic music supergroup is quite the right term, but it could be interesting. It does rather, um, although there were some quotes in the Synthtopia page, um, which were a bit disturbing. Um, it sort of sounded a bit like, you know, your aunt trying to be groovy, which was if you... Uh, if you re- yes, if you read the quotes, it has all the indications of a slightly out of touch aunt talking about what the kids like, but hopefully it'll be awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm not sure if that's the case, but um, they're going to re- their first EP is going to be called Spock, and that'll be coming out November the thirtieth on Beatport, uh, wider distribution uh, December the nineteenth. So something to look out for there. I mean, I'm a big fan of Vince Clark. I don't I'm not sure if I know about his dance music i mean he's kind of well known more to me for pop martin gore's a bit more of an interesting he's a lot darker isn't he he kind of does some very dark and uh, unusual sonic world whereas vince is perhaps a bit more shiny and squeaky so it could be quite an interesting re-collaboration because of course they initially started out in depeche mode over 30 years ago on the first few singles dave you excited about this you put your pre-order in no not particularly oh no you're more of a you're more of a uh a jazz, old jazz funker, aren't you? Not much jazz fun. No, that's not so true. I like my techno and my dance. I've got very Eclectic taste. Catholic tastes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I thought it was interesting, but, you know, I'm not a mammoth fan of either of them. I'll tell you what, I, I mean, I like, you know, Vince Clark's ability to conjure a melody out of thin air. I have an arpeggiator, yeah. Yeah, and he's very good at that. Yeah, you know, I'd like some of the old Yazoo stuff. I didn't really... Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. But no, it'd be interesting. I, I just wondered, actually, this sort of raised a more of a question, which was, what kind of... I mean, we're talking electronic. What would be the supergroup, assuming that's a, you know, it's a bit of a crap term, but what would be the collaboration you'd most like to see out of two electronic artists? How about that? Putting you on oh. the spot. Gaz is holding his mic up, Shred- so I'm guessing he might have something to say while Dave can think about it. <laughs> Ooh, um, oh, I'm on the spot now. Uh, no, it's no, gone. Pass. It's funny though, isn't it? Because I can't recall any sort of any any kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Precedent for an electronic supergroup? Ah, I suppose electronic. I, I reckon. Apex Twin and Jean-Michel Jarre. <laughs> nice word. That's a good, yeah, I like, I'm liking the sound of that. Kate Bush and Ulrich Schnauss comes in the chat room. That's an interesting one. Um, let's have a look. Um, Erasure and ABBA. Yep. Interesting. Kate Bush and Ulrich Schnauss. Yeah, that sounds very nice. I, I, actually, I'll tell you what I'd look. Ulrich Schnauss and, um, oh, what's the name? Liz Fraser from uh, Cocktails. I'd like to hear that. I reckon that can work. Yeah, that'd be interesting. In fact, that, I don't know if you heard, if you've been watching the terrible X Factor that we're being uh, we're being sub, uh, subjected to in the UK here, and I, I can't get away from it because my daughter likes it, and uh, there's only one telly in the house, and I can't be bothered to move off the sofa. Uh, my excuses are wearing terribly thin now, but I, but they uh, they they have done a version of no, who was it? Somebody's done a version of teardrop it was that's right it was uh, the children in need thing and it was a, a collective of sort of young youth artists and rappers and what have you and they did a version of teardrop which you know sounds ghastly but it really held up well just because it's such a great song which is again is liz fraser and um, it, uh, with massive attack so i suppose so actually there's a there's a there's a winning combination massive attack and liz fraser but we've already had that one we had that yeah 
I'll tell you what, Carl Hyde, definitely. Rick Smith, definitely. I mean, this is all obvious. Henry Rollins, um, Trent Reznor. Let's think. Who else? That'd probably do me. All on a drug field <laughs> Just mission do it in a weekend. <laughs> this topic hasn't quite got the legs I was hoping for. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you can't win every single one. I don't think there's anyone else. Uh, oh, yes, if you could choose any. Uh, I've asked that question and I'm probably, uh, I'm not, uh, those are pretty much the answers I've got. But that seems like a kind of quite a good position to uh, pause the show and say thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, as always, you spending your time on a Wednesday afternoon with us. And we wish all you guys in the US uh, a happy Thanksgiving. And I hope you, you get your time off and uh, spend a bit of t- quality time on the sofa with some um, festive treats and enjoy all of that. And then I guess it's dieting till Christmas, so you can do it all over again. But uh, what can I say? I'm, in fact, this week, my special treat on th- it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, Thursday. It is, isn't it? It's a Thursday. I'm going to Longleat. Mm to a drinks party mm. with Lord Bath on some works Ooh. do for, for Jane, my partner. She's been invited for some travel bash. So I'm going to go and swank, swank around uh, Longleat House. That's, that's, he's supposed to be quite a character. He has. He? He's got uh, several, uh, what does he call them, wifelets. He's a, yeah. a not, not, yeah, a, like, not like a monogamous him. fellow. Have you seen the lions? Yes, would you like to come and see my etching, young lady? <laughs> uh, anyway, no, that is getting well out of hand. Anyway, Dave Spears, G4Software.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, once again, congratulations on your top rankings on the Music Radar top software since. What was the criteria? Do you know what? When that came through, it, we could hardly contain our complete indifference. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's disingenuous of me, but we were like, oh, that's nice. somebody sent me a thing through saying, well done. And we were like, ah, oh, great. Um, I don't well, know. Yes. Nice. Anyway, thank you very much. And thank you very much for last week. That was I'm absolutely brilliant. It was a real, really, really top vibe. And uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to uh, everybody, really. And well, th- thank you, Dave. And also, Gaz, thanks very much for joining us. I promise I will get that iPad show up today if it kills me. I've got it on a memory stick, which I'm going to take <laughs> home and try and upload and see if that works. But thank you very much for joining us. Oh, brilliant. And uh, really uh, appreciate your time th- as well. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so that was Sonic Talk number 244. Uh, gosh, we're heading towards 250. Might be some kind of milestone. That's going to be around Christmas time somewhere, isn't it? Um, that'd be interesting. Anyway, thank you very much. Um, and that's going to be it for today. I might uh, insert at a later date uh, a, a play out with one of our other uh, tunes from. Um, let's see if I can get it now, actually. I'm going to do that just because I can. Because I promised I would use some of the other fantastic tunes that have been, um, that have been sent in by all the people who entered the, um, the competition. Let me see. I'll have to sign in. I haven't prepared this. I, this is something that obviously a lesson to myself. Please prepare in future to actually do this properly. So we'll just pretend that we'll pause the video or something. I think we'll have second place. This was Dave Chicks. Should come in now. Sorry, sorry. Yeah.